Thank you for listening to the Vine Church LV podcast. For more information, go to www.thevinechurchlv.com. Amen. Uh, I want you guys to give a big round of applause because we're going to have Teacher Thomas come on up and he's going to preach a word to y'all today. He's handsome, he's anointed, and he's got a word from the Lord. Amen. Nope, I'm making him stand up here awkwardly as I talk about how awesome he is. Now he gets to just stand there and stare at you guys as I tell. Um, Three points in my life. Three points I have genuinely wanted to give up. And I don't mean like when we have the emotional moment where we're like, oh my God, I just wanted to give up this week. I mean where you were like done. Like it was like stamp sealed, I'm over. And all three times I've always stood strong specifically because God pulled him in in a moment. Um, when I first found, I brought this guy to church. He wasn't saved. I, I was saved, right? Um, and he found Jesus. He began to weep his first night in a church service. And uh, once he got saved, he started drawing me along. And I know that in many ways, if that night didn't happen, today didn't happen for me. Amen. Uh, there was another point in time where I ran off and I didn't want to be around anyone anymore. Um, I was done. I would, like I said, it was that genuine over it moment. And I remember walking into the restroom of the church I was at and looking into the mirror and rehearsing how I was going to tell the leaders I was done. And he walked in and caught me and caught me as I cried. And I don't mean caught me as in like, hi, caught you. I mean like he literally caught me as I fell over in tears because I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. Um, that's the kind of man he's always been to me. And I've seen him be that to many of you. And uh, if, if you feel like, oh, he's not that way to me, I want to encourage you to get to know him because he will be. Amen. He always will be. I know he has a heart for people. Um, some people say, oh, he's mad all the time. It's because he cares. Uh, <laughs> it's generally because if he didn't care, he'd be cool about it. Uh, but no, he genuinely cares about all you guys. Um, and I remember we, we stand as interns and we all had to like give each other words, right? And we, like a single word that defined the person, you know? And I got like, I got like crazy, right? And like other people like, oh, charismatic. Oh, awesome. You know? And then he got just. And it's just how people have always seen him as a man just, as a man who what's right is right, and God is God. And uh, it's simple. Amen. Uh, I wouldn't be here. This church wouldn't be the way that it is. Uh, he was the first deacon in our church. Uh, he was the first ace in the hole, as we call it. You know that person who has no definitive job, but they do everything? First one. So all of you guys who are that now, you're welcome. He, he got you there. Right, Deacon Chad? Um, <laughs> I almost just snorted. Um, but no, but uh, I want you guys to give one more round of applause for him because he really does deserve it. Amen. I don't know who that guy is, but I really want to meet him. He sounds awesome. I, uh, that's, that's a really hard thing to follow. That's a stage really brought up. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry because it's all downhill from here after that. Um, <laughs> but I don't know about all that, but thank you, bro. I, I, I love you. But honestly, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for, uh, for Pastor West, too, because uh, as many hard moments as he's had, I've, I've had just as many where he's been there for me, middle of the night, moments where I really want to give up, moments where I was really locked in sin, and he helped get me through my issues. So um, I guess the moral of the story is um, have a friend, amen? Have a community of believers, people who are founded on the same thing that you're founded on, because otherwise the influence isn't going to be what you need. Amen. And, and, and find someone who will really stand the test of time with you. Because uh, I've been walking with the Lord for uh, almost eight years now. 
Um, and uh, I, I think I would have given up a long time ago if God hadn't brought me a friend like Pastor Wes. And I also want to thank uh, Pastor Versavia, because Pastor Wes, Pastor Versavia gave me the opportunity to be up here and uh, speak today. And um, I want to thank my beautiful wife for uh, always believing in me. And, um, you know, our son is crazy, and he's always fussy. And she stays home and takes care of him so I can do the things in ministry I need to do, and I can go and I can work. Um, and so I love you, babe. Thank you. <laughs> you know, you know, dog. Don't, don't you even act like that. <laughs> I lived with him longer than I lived with my wife, so that's, that's always hanging over our marriage. It's problems, but, you know, what are you going to do? It's the white elephant. We just push it off to the side. We'll deal with it later. <laughs> All right. Um, today we're going to talk about character. Um, I think it's uh, fitting. I was really doubting the word about a, a, a week ago when I was thinking about it. Um, I thought, oh, maybe we'll do like perseverance or endurance or like you know, passion. So I just thought of like something like that. But all of that's contained within the concept of what character is. And furthermore, since asking God if I should preach on character. I've had nothing but conversation after conversation after conversation. Every single one of them, people don't know I'm going to preach on character. It's all about content of character. So I think this is a word God really wants us to hear. So um, we're just going to do as Elder John says and, uh, you know, let it rip and let it do what it do, right? Make it do what it do. Amen. (laughs) Uh, Oh, thanks. I want to open up with our uh, scripture really quick. That'll be Romans 5, 3 through 5. This is actually my... um, life verse. You guys know what that is, right? It's that verse that's like the stamp over your life, right? It's like, this is the verse that, you know, just defines who I am. I was 17 years old, and a guy pulled open a Bible and started reading Romans chapter 4 and 5 to me about Abraham and about his faith, and it got to that, and it just stuck with me. And I thought, yes, that's, that's what I want. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance or endurance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint, amen, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. I'm going to go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord, for this word. Just pray, God, that you would move on our hearts, God, and on our minds, and that you would speak, God, and that this word would be um, all of you, God, and none of me. And that the people's hearts, Lord, will be reached, mine included, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, have your way, Lord. Amen. So as we see in Romans 5, chapter 5, it says, hope does not disappoint, right? Because God has put the Holy Spirit in us, right? He's poured out his love by giving us the Holy Spirit. Notice that progression. There's the trial. Then there's the endurance or the perseverance, right? Perseverance just meaning you won't quit. Then through that not quitting, there's character. And then through that character, you begin to have a hope. And you have that hope because God has poured his love out in us by giving us the Holy Spirit. Character and the Holy Spirit work hand in hand. Amen? You want to have good character, you got to walk in the Spirit. You got to seek God. Amen? You got to go after his attributes and you got to say, God, how do I be more like you? Um, real quick, that word character, it's interesting. If we can go to verse 4, 
it's interesting because that word character can actually be translated to either character or just experience. So life. Life lessons. Amen? And it's the Greek word dokime. And that's cool. <laughs> it is basically three definitions. Approving or a trial. Approved, tried character. So character means character, I guess. So we're going to break it down better. And the third one, and this is the one I really want us to think on, a proof, a specimen of tried worth. So the progression, trial, endurance, character, hope. Why hope? Because we have the Holy Spirit. And right there in the middle, that word character means a specimen of tried worth. It means you, who you are, is worth. Why? Because it has been tested. There is no character without testing. Just like faith. You guys know how James says, you know, you say that you have faith, but I will show you my faith by my works. Faith is fine and fancy. Character is fine and fancy. But character is not in your words or in your showmanship. Character is in your life. Character is in who you are when things aren't great. And sometimes it's who you are when things are better than ever. Amen? How many of us have just been in such a nice, cushy spot? We've had money. For some reason, there's money in our bank account, which never happens, right? We, it's like we have no responsibilities. No one's mad at us. Everything's fine. Our significant other is just great and happy with us. And just, ha how can I make you happier? It's like, wow, it's wonderful. It's like I'm the king or something like that, right? And then you become complacent and you forget all about God. And then you start falling into your sin, and then your whole life comes crashing down. And then you say, God, how did that happen? It's because you went up to the top of the mountain, and you thought you were the king, right? And you never stopped to ask, Lord, how did I get on top of this mountain? Well, it's because of God, right? Because in life, there's valleys, and there's mountains. There's highs, and there's lows. And we have to have character in both. Sometimes we look at the bad stuff as, that's when we're tried. That's when we're tested. No, the good stuff, that's also when we're tried and tested. Amen. Solomon is a great example of that. How, much, how many riches did he have? What did he do in the name of God, right? He was such a peaceful ruling, such an amazing person. And then he stopped listening to wisdom. Why? Because he got complacent. But have hope because I truly believe Ecclesiastes was written by Solomon. And that was late in age. That's right before his death. And his last words at the end of Ecclesiastes were, give it all to God. Serve God with your whole life while you're young. His last moments of life were turning around and reflection and realizing what I've done is wrong. And I'm going to tell the youth, youth, live your life properly towards God. That's character. Character is also in the turnaround. Amen. Because maybe you'll walk wrong for a little bit, but if you have character, you'll always turn it around. Amen. What is character? I, I found some definitions. It's funny. Over time, we take words that used to mean one thing, and because of culture, they mean something completely different, right? Like marriage isn't necessarily what marriage used to be, right? Family isn't what family used to be, right? Truth is not what truth used to be. People say truth is what you make of it, right? Man, even luck. I heard people say, make your own luck. And I look at them and I'm like, how does that work? That's the, that's not what luck is. Luck is happenstance. You don't make your own luck. <laughs> But these concepts have moved and they've changed. Same with character, right? We talk about character, and I, I read a lot of books. A character, that's just the person in the book, right? That's the main character, right? 
That's uh, you watch a TV show. Those are the characters, right? A person's crazy, like Chris. Love you, Chris Lopez. People would say, man, Chris, Chris is a character, right? Hey, man, that's a good thing, man. It means you got a lot of personality. <laughs> but what it meant way back when, I believe a definition from the 1600s was a written statement of someone's good qualities, a recommendation. So it wasn't just who you are. See, that's what character means now. Who are you? That's your character. No, no, no. Character used to mean what's good about you. What are you doing right? And when they said good, they meant what is godly about you? What is proper about you? What is walking the right path about you? Not just saying, man, do whatever you want, and as long as you don't hurt nobody, you'll be fine, right? That's not character. That's, that's hedonism. That's, that's, that's I'm going to live my best life now, and I don't care what anyone else thinks, right? Character is, what am I doing even if it hurts? What am I doing even if no one else will go with me? And a second definition of character is a person's good reputation. Your good reputation. Can people say good things about you? Not, I can say, wow, you know, he's a good singer, or like, man, they can dance, or, you know, yeah, they're good looking, or, you know, Eric Will's got the best shoes ever, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying you have bad character, I'm just using you as an, it, they're, they're staring me in the eyes, man, they're light blue. <laughs> it's my favorite color, so keep them there. Um, that's what I'm saying, man, you don't even know, you was prophetic. Mm -mm. What's good about you? Amen? Um, if I can share a story, um, I was 17, I got saved, I was doing drugs for a little bit, about two months into my Christianity, me and Pastor Wes, we were at a Roberto's Taco Shop, and uh, we decided, you know what, we're done, we're not doing drugs anymore, and a week later, we messed up, and then after that point, never again, never again, I, I took all my pills, right, the doctor used to say, you need to take all these pills, they gave me antidepressants, they gave me anti-anxieties, they gave me Adderall, they gave me like all this stuff, and they would ship me big boxes full of it, so I wouldn't run out. So I had a bookcase filled with all the stuff kids would just pay for. And I took it. I threw it all away. Right? And I said, I don't want that stuff anymore. Right? Wow, that's awesome. I started going to church. Started serving. Got in with the sound team, man. Yeah, that's awesome. I was serving. I was at uh, Wednesday. I'd show up uh, uh, at our Wednesday youth, um, right, our, a little group of guys. We'd show up there like three or four hours early right? Because we'd get out of school, we'd get something to eat, and we'd head right over there, right? Then I started getting involved on the weekends, and, and I decided, man, I'm going to go to every single church service. And then they switched them to like 8 o'clock or 7 o'clock in the morning, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, y'all remember? Little acoustic service. And you know what I said? Yeah, I'll do it, right? And so I showed up there. I was just on fire. I, I, I wanted to be at church more than I wanted to be home because my home was really messed up. And I thought, man, I go to church, and I become a better person. I go to church. I hear about God. God loves me. God's presence is there. I'm just going to go be there, right? I was doing all these things. I'd stay after church on Sunday. I'd help all the interns clean up all the kids' ministry stuff, you know, like, like, and some people would be like, wow, you do better than the kid, you know, than the interns. And I'd be like, wow, you know, oh, man, that makes me feel so good, right? And then there's a little, little speck that um, a lot of people don't know about. I started serving in kids' ministry. Now, um, Jesse can't get mad about this, but um, I started serving kids ministry because I liked a girl who was serving in kids ministry, and I thought, if I serve in kids ministry, she'll like me too, right? Because if I'm nearby her, she'll want to marry me, because that's how that works, right? Like, he's within five feet of me. My, my love is starting to grow for him. That's, no, that's, that's not what happened. Um, <laughs> that's, that's actually not what happened at all. That, um, 
yeah, I serving kids ministry, and I saw her like one time, and then she wasn't ever there anymore. And I was like, well, I guess I'm in this now. And I was in kids ministry. And, you know, I wasn't very good with it. I was very insecure. But when the kids would start running around and playing, man, that was my whole thing. Because what they had at church, and they said, man, don't promote violence. What they had at church was little plastic Nerf guns. And the kids would start shooting each other. And I thought, that's really stupid for you to tell me not to promote violence with the kids. And there's plastic Nerf guns. So I picked them up, and we started running around shooting each other. I got in trouble a couple times. We kept doing it anyways, because how am I not going to pick up a plastic Nerf gun and pretend to shoot a kid? Like, like, I'm sorry, like, that's, that's, now, that's, that, that's entrapment. Thank you, Nathaniel, that's entrapment. You're making me sin right now. That's on you, amen? You're not being godly, because God does not make us sin. And a kid runs up to me, and he stops me, and he starts telling me about his weekend and how amazing it was. You know, they went to, like, Chuck E. Cheese or something, I don't remember. But he just told me about he hung out with his dad, and he never really gets to see his dad. And I look at me, and I go, and I go, man, that is so and I start to feel the F form on my lips, and I start pushing air on the F, and I start to feel the F come out of my mouth, and I, I'm like, that's awesome. And I realized, looking this little six-year-old kid in the eyes, I almost just dropped the F bomb because he told me he went to Chuck E. Cheese, and I wanted him to know I thought it was awesome. So here I am, everyone singing my praises, Everyone's like, you should be an intern. Wow, you've been walking with the Lord for less than a year, and you're doing all this stuff. And here I am in kids' ministry about to blow this little kid's mind. (laughs) See, what happened was, is people didn't know this about me. But outside of church, Pastor West can attest to this, it wasn't every other word. It was three out of four words, and every sentence was the F word. I cussed so much. Yeah, seriously, adverb, adjective, what you name it, I utilize it to its full extent. And in that moment, I looked this little kid in the eyes and I thought, wow, I have to stop cussing. But it wasn't until then. Everyone thought I was this perfect, clean little Christian boy. But I was very far from it. And I almost just really wrecked this kid because there's something, I mean, I grew up in a household where there's a lot of cussing, but... I'd be around kids at school, and I'd just do it at school in elementary school, and their eyes would go, what did you just say, right? And it's like, it's almost like a little bit of their innocence gets stolen away when they hear that first swear word, right? Because they know it's bad, because it, it sounds bad, and you can never just say it just normally. It's always got some anger or some emotion attached to it, right? And then I, I almost did something to a kid that, that I could never take back. And the reason why is because though I was living an awesome life in front of all these people, outside at my school with my other friends who weren't godly, I I wasn't really looking like a Christian. I mean, I was doing my best, and I don't think anyone could, you know, hit me for that, but there comes a time where you have to start growing up, and you have to start doing better. And in that moment, I realized I have to start doing better. And it took me a while, but, you know, eventually I got it. But that story reminds me of the Pharisees. Because they would walk around and they'd say all these amazing things, right? And we know there's a section in the Gospels where Jesus is talking to the people because they're asking him about the Pharisees. And he always starts saying, you know, dead men's bodies. Like, 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 like these guys have issues. These guys are whitewashed tombs with dead men's bones inside. They look pretty on the outside, but there's nothing but death inside. And he essentially tells them, do what they say, but don't be as they are. Right? They have no character. They're saying everything perfectly. Their showmanship is stellar, but they are not who they say they are. 
In fact, he begins to say this line, which we take out of context many times, but he says, what will be done in darkness, God will bring forth into light. And in that moment, when I was talking to this little kid, who I truly was, was about to be exposed in children's ministry. And God is so gracious, he let me catch that and say, now, Thomas, what are we going to start doing? Because I refused. No, it's fine. Someone told me, yeah, you know, the, 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 the disciples cussed in the Bible. And I didn't read the Bible enough, so I thought, oh, dude, that's cool, man. Right? I'm in process, right? We always use that term. It's, it's just going to take me a little while. You know, I'll get it eventually. Right? No, it's stupid. Just do your best to stop everything, right? <laughs> and I realized in that moment, I, I, I didn't really have character. See, character... Character is who you are when no one's looking, right? And you don't really know you have character until you're tried and you're tested. And I remember me and Pastor West were driving with uh, Mark. Do um, you guys remember the Agashkovs? They used to come with the Polchikovs all the time, the Russian family. There's a lot of people, I don't know. Okay, well, well that's awesome. I'm glad we all know them. Um, so Mark was a kid who'd come to youth ministry sometimes, and uh, me and Pastor West decided we'll take him to the second Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie which was really bad. Um, yeah, it, it was really disappointing. What are you going to do, though, right? Anyways, sorry, I just, I just remembered that, and that really just brought me down. So um, anyways, we're driving, and we're, we're driving, like, through an intersection, and all of a sudden, a car comes by, and we're like, why are they, don't they have, like, a red? And they're kind of, like, ashing to the back, keep going, and this car in front of us is driving through the intersection, and they smash into the back of their car, and the car flips around and, like, hits, like, a pole. And the lady in the car just goes and looks at the car that, like, hit her. And I was like, oh, man, he's dead. And as it's happening, you know what I say? I go, oh, shoot. And I was like, oh. And I remember I looked past West. I was like, oh, my God. I didn't care that there was a youth in the car. And they, I didn't care if they knew that I struggled with cussing all the time in the, back in the day. I was like, oh, my God. Did you hear me? There was an issue, and I said, shoot, instead of a cuss word. I was so happy. And Pastor was kind of looking at me like, dude, like, chill out. There's a youth in the car. <laughs> and I realized, like, man, I've grown. That's awesome. I didn't care about this guy's opinion of me. I was like, man, I've grown. <laughs> See, in the moment where I thought we were all going to die, my character came out. I'm not a cusser anymore. Amen. <laughs> so, moving forward, I, I, I guess the question that would be asked is, um, what is character? What does that look like? Um, I, have, I have two points today, and that's my first point. They're, they're questions. I'm going to ask them. They're rhetorical. Then I'm going to answer them. So I'm going to ask them. Don't answer me. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to answer them. That's what rhetorical means, if you guys didn't know. So word of the day, rhetorical. You're welcome. Anyways, point one is, what is character? If we can go to Galatians 5, 16 through 26. It's a lot of scripture, but oh well. I say then, walk in the Spirit. As we saw in Romans chapter 5, the Spirit works with your character. Amen? It's a product of the Spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. See, lust of the flesh is bad qualities. Walking according to the Spirit, then, it's good qualities. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. They don't work together. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. What's that saying right there? They don't work together, so you'll always know when you're doing right or when you're doing wrong. Amen? 
They don't work together. You're going to feel the battle going on inside. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Next one. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. We're going to talk about sin real quick, then we're going to move through it. So just, you know, don't glaze your eyes over this is important. Which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. If you don't have that memorized, I strongly urge you to memorize those two sections of Scripture right there. The nine attributes of what the fruit of the Spirit is, it's powerful. Next verse, please. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Can we please go back to um, verse 21? Whoops, 22. We don't need to talk about that. So, what's character? Well, we already talked about characters, who I am when no one's looking. Character is who I am, you know, and, and, and it'll be tried, tested, and proven through trials, right? Okay. But what is it? What, what should I be doing? Right here. Love. You should be loving people. Joy. You should have joy regardless of what's going on around you. Peace. When all hell is breaking out, you know God's got you. Long-suffering. When the guy's screaming in your face, you don't punch him. Or when someone cuts you off, you don't flip him off, guys. I'm sorry. God sees the middle finger, okay? He sees it. Kindness. You're nice to people. Goodness. You act like God would. Faithfulness. You don't quit on people. When God has entrusted you with something, you stick it out. Next verse, please. Gentleness. That's big. Gentleness. You're not rough around the edges. Right? That's the thing I've really struggled with my whole life. And I didn't realize it until I started getting into Christianity. And you realize you really have to be intimate with people. Uh, that's hard because intimacy and gentleness work hand in hand. You can't be just this, this blunt instrument just banging people over the head all the time. <laughs> I had a pastor tell me that's what they liked about me. They said, you're just really blunt. You don't beat around the bush. And I was like, yeah, dude. And I took that to heart. And, you know, like sometimes it's good. But when someone's crying because their life is falling apart, I'm like, you just got to get over it, man. You just got to figure it out. <laughs> I'm really glad God didn't do that to me. Okay, and then self-control. What's self-control? I'm not going to sin. And that right there is everyone's biggest, biggest issue. Self-control. I'm going to say no, even though it would be easier. I'm going to say no, even though it will feel good. Doing what God wants us to do is not the easiest option all the time. It is not the feel-good option all the time. Sometimes it is. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes doing what God tells you to do feels good, and it's easy. It doesn't happen all that often. I can't really think of <laughs> that really happened. But I just, you know, I, I know it's out there. I, I know I've experienced it like once or twice. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing really good to build up the, um, yeah, okay, anyways. But what I love about it, you don't have to bring the verse back up, um, is that it says, again, such there is no law. 
So, right, there's, there's, there, there's laws, right? There's morality. There's all that stuff telling us to not do all those things that are evident of the works of the flesh. But when it said the works of the Spirit, right, the fruit of the Spirit, it says there's no law. What does that mean? There's no reason you shouldn't do it. I don't care what your philosophy is. I don't care what your religion is. I don't care who you are. You should be doing these things is what they're saying. I don't care what your background is. These are things you should be doing. Amen? And all of these things, where do they come from? The Spirit of God. So by drawing close to the one true God, drawing close to his Spirit, we begin to act on these things. And what's amazing is that it says, against such there is no law, meaning no matter where I go, it's always acceptable. I had a guy at work. I stole this from Pastor West, so, you know, I didn't give you credit then when I was talking to the guy at work, but I'm giving you credit now, so hopefully it balances out. Um, I was standing there. We're loading a bunch of heavy stuff. It was awful. It was hot outside, and we're up on the second story of the new Las Vegas Convention Center. I'm helping build it. It's fun, and uh, we're loading, like, all this heavy metal and pipe and stuff. I'm like, good God, I can't, you know, I was dying. And he was standing there, and he's like, oh, you ever get any tattoos, Thomas? And I was like, nah. And he's like, oh, because you're Christian, right? He's like, yeah, I grew up Southern Baptist. He's like, you know, hellfire, brimstone. He's like, oh, people are going to hell, right? They get tattoos. And I'm like, no. Like, that's jumping the gun a little bit there. <laughs> that's not why. I personally don't want to do it because there will, people, there will be people who will want to listen to me because of my tattoos. But those same people will still listen to me if I don't have tattoos. You flip it around, though, there's people who will listen to me because I don't have tattoos. And there's people who won't listen to me because I have them. I will never offend someone for not having a tattoo, right? I, I wanted to have tattoos and gauges. It, Pastor West talked about it one time, and I sat there and I was like, oh, I'm taking that. That's awesome. I want to reach people. And I can't reach people if I do stuff to me to make myself unattainable to them. Amen? Looking nice, being clean, um, working on your speech, right? Speaking better, um, not, not, uh, not having tattoos, gauges, like all that stuff. Like, I'm not saying any stuff's bad, but what I'm saying is like, that will never turn a person away, right? And so I sat there and I told him, I said, that's my main reason why. So there's no law, there's no morality, there's no social structure against me not wearing tattoos, but there are social structures against me having them. Does that make sense? And it works in the fruit of the spirit. You do in all that sin, there's people out there who will be offended by your sin. But you walk according to the fruit of the Spirit, and the only thing that's going to be offended is by their fallen nature. It'll be a spiritual issue. But them as an individual, they can't be offended by you. I hate him. Why? Because he always does the right thing. Oh my God, that sounds awful. This person truly is the scum of the earth. Amen? But that's character right there. Walking according to the fruit of the Spirit. Letting that be who you are in the trial, on the mountain, and in the valley. Amen? And then we go to our second point is, how do I get character? And this can be a rehashing of the beginning of Romans chapter 5. We're going to go to 1 Peter chapter 1, 6 through 7. How do I get character? So he, he's talking to the Christians, and um, Nero is persecuting people, and he's doing awful things. You know, he's, I'm not going to explain it. We've talked about it before, but it's very gruesome. It's very, very gross what he's doing to the Christians. So he says, in this, in your persecution, where people are literally dying, being tormented, in that you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, 
though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And if we can go to another section of Scripture, James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. My brethren, same thing, going through trial and tribulation. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Patience is also endurance. Amen? So bring it back to Romans 5. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Your character, through the trial, through gaining endurance and not quitting, your character will be fine-tuned. You will mess up. You will make mistakes. You'll blow it big. But through the trial and the testing and the tribulation, you will grow and you'll become better and better and better. And being the hypocrite will begin to fall off of you as you begin to be the person that you preach. Amen? The harsh times are an opportunity. They're an opportunity for growth, an opportunity for character, and an opportunity to die to ourselves. Character is proven over time by trial and tribulation, not by words and showmanship. Through the hard times, that's when we really get to you, my faith, by are, right? Because just as James said, you have faith, but I'll show you my faith by my works. You, you say you're a good person. You say you believe in these things. But when everything falls apart, are you the same person you say you are? And that's really just the biggest question of today, is are we who we say we are? I can honestly look at this church and say a lot of us, guys, a lot of us are doing a lot better than we used to. I can honestly look at this church and say a lot of us are sticking it out. Why? This word is very real to me because us as a church, guys, we just came out of a trial. Amen? And have we stuck it through? Have we walked it out? Have we continued to say, yep, I'm going to believe in this vision. I'm going to believe in what God's doing in the city. I'm going to continue to push forward. Have we done that? Yes, we have. As a community, we have done that. We have refused to give in. And guys, that right there, that is endurance. And endurance builds character. And character builds hope. Amen? And what that hope is, is that I know for a fact my God is coming for me. I know for a fact that I will stand before him. As David said, in my flesh, I will stand before my God. Amen? So what's important here to understand is that the trials need to happen. And we need to rejoice in them. I can't tell you how many times I'm having a bad day and I begin to pray to God and I begin to just say, you know what, God? I don't know what to say. I'll just say, God, thank you for my wife. Thank you for my son. Thank you for my church. Thank you for my job. Thank you for the finances you're bringing in. Thank you for my truck that I got for free. Thank you for my wife's car that we have completely paid off. Thank you that our in-laws are awesome and they're so supportive. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. And I'll be at work and I'll have my foreman red in the face screaming at me. And you know what I'll think? I want to throw something at this guy, and then God will remind me, but I love him. So what do I do? Do I hit him? Do I yell at him back? Do I start screaming and cussing back? No, because then that's, that's me going backwards, right, to who I used to be. Amen? Character is when you're being tried and tested, you begin to ask God, Lord, what would you do? And because of your proximity with the Spirit, and your, what have you felt in the secret place? God begins to speak to you, begins to remind you of what have you read in my word? What have you felt in the secret place? What have you experienced in my community? 
So really, there are three big things we need for character. A relationship with God, right? Time in his word and a community that will stand with us and tell us when things aren't right in our life. We need to have that community. There are things I, I, I tell people sometimes uh, when they talk about them. Um, you know, I, I definitely, I'm a Christian. I definitely believe in Jesus, but I just don't believe in organized religion. They'll say that to me all the time. And I'll look at them and I'll say, well, you know, the issue I have with that, you know, I, I'm sorry if you've had really bad experiences with church. I know tons of people who have. I think the church is not perfect. I think there's a lot of churches out there that make me mad because of how badly they treat people and because of how much they abuse the word of God. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Jesus Christ came for two things, to die for our sins and to establish his church on the earth. And if you're letting other people affect you and your viewpoint and, your, and, and, and his call over your life, they're not responsible for that. You are. It's, and that's, no, but guys, it's a hard, I'm not trying to hit you guys over the head with anything right now. I'm telling you guys what God has had to do to me. Because I was the guy with all the excuses. I had all the excuses. And honestly, a lot of them seemed legit to me. I didn't have any kind of a privilege. You know, people are talking about, oh, you have privilege, 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 whatever. No, I, I didn't have any of that. I was very poor. My family was very broken. I had nothing, 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 right? And I begin to use that as an excuse for why I wasn't going anywhere in life until I had to finally accept the fact that I'm not going anywhere in life because I'm not doing anything about what's going on in my life. I can't blame my problems on other people. I can only blame my inaction on myself. Amen? And so it doesn't matter what these people say to you. It matters what you do about it. You can't control people. You can control yourself. Amen? And that's character right there at the end of the day. Saying... I don't care what they do to me. I'm going to continue forward. We see it all the time through the Bible. We see it all the time with the Apostle Paul. Not caring when people abuse him and use him. He still goes into the city and preaches, right? I believe it's when they go to Derby, and he's preaching in Derby, and they stone him, and they kill him. And the saints come around, and they pray for him, and he comes back to life. And where does he go? He walks back into the city and begins to preach the word of God again. I don't care if they try to kill me. I'm only in charge of my own actions, and God tells me I have to go in there and I have to preach. Well, what if they stone you again? Well, he raised me one time. I'm sure he'll raise me a second time. It's not like everyone gets one, right? It's, it's, it, no, everyone gets as many as God wants. It's his will, amen? That's character. You are who you are, and you're doing what you're supposed to do regardless of what other people would say about you, amen? We're only responsible for our own actions, Okay? I can't control Zach. I can't control Deacon Dante. I can only control how I interact with them. Amen? And, and we really got to get that in, into our heads. Other people can't affect us like that. Only the Word of God and the Spirit of God can. However, if we're in a community of believers, then we will begin to speak the Word of God to one another. And that will begin to minister to us. And we can begin to listen to one another's advice, to one another's counsel. And that will guide us and that will direct us, right? Because we're not called to walk this alone. We're called to walk this with one another. Amen? So word of encouragement. Seek God more. Read his word more. Get brothers and sisters in the faith and stick close. Open up about your problems. I never got out of my issues when I sat in them by myself. I have accountability. I, 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 I talk to my wife. I talk to Pastor Wesley. I talk to Eric Willis. I have accountability in my life. 
people that check up on me, people that I talk to, people that I tell them when I'm struggling with things. And you know what? I'm doing better now than I ever have in my entire life. And that should be all of us. Amen? We should honestly say, you know what? I'm doing better now than I ever have been. We should always be moving forward. Amen? Amen. Well, Aaron, you want to? Thank you. That's all I had. Um, I don't think we need to complicate that anymore. Amen? Let's focus on cleaning up how we act, cleaning up how we think, going to God with our problems. And if you're in a situation you don't know what to do, just pray. I was at work and my foreman was going off on me because I'm an apprentice and I don't know anything. And I wasn't taught. But he assumed I did know what, what I was doing. And he's screaming at me. And I wanted to sit there and be like, hey, dude, listen, you need to chill out right now because your face is turning red. And I wanted to yell at him. And I see the other apprentice start to, like, talk back to him. And I'm realizing he's just making everything worse. And I'm like, I just breathed, put my hand to kind of steady myself. I put my hand on something. And I just sat there, and I just took it. And afterwards, I walked away, and I prayed for him. And I thanked God that I had a job that provided for my family. And that was it. And after that, everything started to get better. People started laughing. I noticed better time was joking with people. I got to talk to them and joke with them. And we all had a much better time after that. And I realized, well, prayer actually does change things. And I know sometimes it's like, well, it just it takes time, it takes time, and we're so afraid it's going to take time. But, you know, sometimes it, it also just happens like that. It just Sometimes miracles really do happen. And God really does move when you cry because he wants to move. Amen? Don't let other people affect you. Affect other people. If people are going to affect you, it better be because they're showing you a better way to walk with God. But always, always, always affect other people. That's why we're here. Amen? That's our point in this city. Otherwise, if we got saved, we'd die immediately and just go up to heaven. But God, for some reason, says, all right, my children, they're going to go out and they're going to affect people just like Jesus did. Amen? Father, we just uh, we lift up our hearts to you, God. We lift up our minds to you, God. We pray, Lord, just as David did, that you would search our hearts, God, and search our souls, God. You would examine us, God. As scary, as daunting, Lord, and as intimidating as it is, God, and as much as we want to say, God, I just, I don't want you to see what's in me, God, but the thing we don't realize is you already see it because nothing is hidden from your sight, God, and you're not ashamed of us, God. I pray right now, Lord, that you would examine our hearts, God. Teach us to walk with you. Teach us to be who you've called us to be, Lord. Help us walk and be the fruit of the Spirit, God. Help us, Lord, to embody all nine of those attributes, Lord. And Lord, help us to have the mindset every single day that we're going to get up and we're just going to do better. It doesn't matter about tomorrow. There's nothing we can do about tomorrow. There's nothing we can do about yesterday. But today, we're going to do better. Today, we're going to walk more with you. We're going to say, God, God, I'm going to be more like you today. I don't care how much I blew it yesterday but I'm going to walk with you today, Lord. Lord, we pray that, God, in Jesus' mighty name, amen.